to New Hope Lockyer's podcast. I'm your host Christine Palmer and today's episode comes from a very special Father's Day service and Brad Lurch is bringing the message today and we wanted to say happy Father's Day for last week and for every day that you're a father. You should be celebrated every day. So I'm going to leave you with Brad Lurch in this wonderful message. Enjoy. You know... It's not easy sometimes being a dad. The Bible says in Proverbs that you know, grey hair is like a glorious crown, but the crown I've got is getting bigger because it's, it's not growing grey, it's just falling out. No, it's, it, it's, no, get to my age and it's the hair, it starts falling out of my head and then it, it starts growing out of my ears. You know, you, you know I know, it might be a what the young people say, that um, the TMI, the too much information. Yeah, I, okay, I'll, you know, confession time. I, I shave my ears. Yeah. yeah, what does that do to a man's self-esteem? <laughs> oh. Anyway, but I've, I've learned that, you know, as you get older and, you know, people actually look to you for wisdom sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Surprises me. I heard John Maxwell once say, oh, I'll, I'll just preface all this with, um, I'm sharing a, a few things about, um, about dads and being a mentor, uh, just a little bit from the Bible. So it's, it's sort of a light-hearted one and you, there'll be a few, uh, for free I'll throw in a few tips. <laughs> okay. I heard John Maxwell once say about a son's changing uh, attitudes over the years to their, to their dads. And uh, I don't think he wrote this, probably other sources, but you know, when, when a son or daughter, but in this case I'll say, say son, it's about eight years old, and dad is a little bit like this, not, not to take away from God, but dad is a little bit like God because dad knows everything and he can do anything, everything. You know, when, when kids are about eight maybe even 10, it's like super dad, you know, this hero dad. But when they get to, say, you know, jump a few years, say by uh, 18, not, not, good, not good for the dads. It's like, oh, I wouldn't ask dad. I mean, he, you know, he, he's not really with it. Isaac would, Lucy, and they would never do that. But then when you, they go on a bit further, 23, <sighs> I wonder what Dad would do. I have to give him a phone call, maybe. At 30, oh, gee, this is a, this, this is a tricky one. Oh, I, have to, where's the, I have to phone Dad right now. And then by, by 50, and let's say Dad's passed away, oh, if only Dad was around, oh, he would know what to do. Really need his help. But good on your dads and the wisdom that you have. Father's Day can be a mixture of emotions, different feelings to different people. I'll start with a positive one and then I'll, I'll mention some others. You, know, you might wake up, some of you might wake up and there's kids are jumping over you and with 
melodic sort of almost singing happy Father's Day. But for some, it might be a sad day because Dad has passed away. Or perhaps Mum and Dad have separated. Maybe your memories of of Dad are not good. Today could be a painful day. It could be that perhaps you've, you've always wanted to be a dad, but that didn't turn out. But my prayer is that God comforts you. He encourages you and that healing will come in your life. This morning, we honour dads. I think I said earlier, if it wasn't for your dad, you wouldn't have been brought into this world. Our fathers are usually a significant role model and by God's design, by God's no way of doing things, no, that's the plan. But it's not always the, the case and no one of us here is a perfect dad if we're in that role. However, to some degree, it takes a village to raise a child. And, that, and that's, that's good for kids that uh, we are uh, moulded to a degree by lots of people. Now I think of young guys in the church here, uh, my kids, Dave's kids, all the kids here. And I think particularly as they're, as they're growing up and then becoming teens and they're, they're engaged or they're embraced in conversation. And, um, and I think even there'd, there'd be some, some of the men here who would, um, who would seek out, oh, who's the young guys here? Oh, I'll have a conversation with that one. You know, no one talking to him. I'll see what I can sow into him. That's a good thing to do because we need those fatherly figures. Now, who here is a dad and you've spoken some things into your kid's life and they just don't sort of take it up? And then another male figure says something, you know, some weeks down the track, and the kid gets all excited. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I've just worked it out. Or, you know, I was talking to so-and-so, and, they, and you're thinking, but I've been trying to get through to you the last year, and now it's some, sometimes whatever Dad says. It depends on the age. You no, know, But if someone else says it, wow, that is the gospel truth. So for those of you who... You mightn't have your own biological kids, but bless you. We need you. Dad cannot do it alone. It takes a village. And in a church setting or in, you know, out at Surratt next year, you know, we, we want to get all of you guys, the younger ones, I don't know what, what age cutoff it is. But, you know, dads encouraging, men encouraging men, sorry, Men encouraging the, the younger ones, the younger ones having time to listen to the older ones. It's iron sharpens iron. Okay, right. Oh, that's great to hear. So, yeah. Uh, John's taking bookings as of now for next year. Yeah. There's talk of a, a, a minibus, but we might go, need to go bigger. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to sh- share... Oh, here's a Bible verse uh, from Paul says. He's quoting part of one of the Ten Commandments about honouring your mother and father. And he says in Ephesians 6 verse 3, If you honour your father and mother, 
things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. So that's just something. Honour your parents. And even if, even if it was hard for you in life concerning your dad, it's good for you to honour them. It's the, the only commandment of the Ten Commandments with a promise that if you obey that commandment, you will have a long life. So it's, it's an important thing. Many years ago, so I don't know, close to 20, close to 20 years ago, I was at a, at a funeral and probably only one person knows what I'm talking about, which is good. But I was at a funeral and, and the father had been in prison for quite a while for, for some awful things. And it was a mixture of emotions for the kids for saying goodbye to their dad but yeah, it was a it was a real mixture of emotions, and I remember, although I didn't know the father personally, but I knew very much of him, and I knew that he had at regular times expressed how proud he was of all of his kids. And uh, as the funeral was finishing up, and the minister asked, "You know, would anyone like to say something?" I was someone who I thought I've got to get up and say this. So I said. Um, to all the children that were there. Uh, something I said, something that I know that um, your father has said, he is so proud of each one of you. Now, I don't know what impact that they had, but for them to know their dad, you know, warts and all, good in some aspects, but horrible, totally horrible in others, he was proud of them. And what was that you said, Kevin, uh, Kevin, you said before about, you know, our Father, Heavenly Father, being proud, was it proud of us? Is that okay? He thinks you're okay. How much more important, how much more blessed we are that our Heavenly Father thinks we're okay. He's proud of us. I'm going to share, share along quickly two, two themes now. Some things my dad has sown into my life, some will be short and snappy, and, and a, one story included. And the other one, some of the things other men have modelled in my life. So first of all, uh, what, dad, my, what my dad has sown into my life. Well, there's some, some good things, like he taught me to drive a, a tractor. Um, I don't think he'd get in trouble because this is going back 50 years, years ago. If, if this is going out into you know, podcasts land or something. Um, he, he, he taught me to drive and let me loose when I was seven, raking hay. No, it, it, it was all right. All I had to do was follow that row of hay going round and round and round into the middle and then you know, stop the tractor and get off. But yeah, he, he let me loose at seven. Um, taught me to drive a car. By the time I was 17, I had it all down pat. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he was. He oh, just I'm boasting of my dad. He was a good teacher. Yeah. Um, it's deja vu. I was driven to church for the first time this morning by my son, on his L's. Hey, he's going good too. Um, uh, some of the wisdom of my dad. Um, he. <coughs> I remember, and this is, this is a good thing, when, when you're in the midst of the company of men, like, see, when I was 
Um, oh, in my very early teens through to my early 20s, I was often with Dad with things like whether it was we only went to church occasionally, but whether it was in a circle, you know, a little country church, you'd go outside and all the ladies would chat about, you know, the making cakes or what, whatever they chat about and the guys would chat about the farms and the weather and stuff. But I was included with the men and the young, other young guys. And it, was, it felt good. I'm like, no, I'm one of them now, even though I was only 12, but, you know, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it goes go off to... Um, uh, there'd be a, a farmers, growers thing where you know, elders would put on some, some drinks and some nibblies and you'd find out about the new chemical or the new fertiliser and there'd, there'd be uh, someone talking up front. But most of the time it was all the farmers talking together and like as a, say, 15-year-old just left school and you know, I'm, I'm a farmer with all of them. It, but not just that my dad... As great as it was, my dad included, but there's all these other farmer neighbours and they're all getting on and they all, I'm taking it all in. So that, I really appreciate uh, those things. Another thing that I appreciate now in hindsight, it's funny, some conversations that they just gel in your mind. Uh, had a, a, a cousin-in-law talking to my dad and... Uh, I don't know, this, this young guy, he's in his 20s, was talking about um, a contract, like two, two people and one broke the contract or, or there wasn't a contract so it didn't matter. And my dad said to him very bluntly, he said, it doesn't matter. All you need is, you know, if you give your word, you're going to go through with that. It doesn't matter if there's no written contract. And my dad was very firm with him. And this guy sort of looked almost puzzled and like, so you're saying that if you give your word, hmm. oh, but you know that was you no know, part of Dad's integrity and sowing it into me. Something he said probably 45 years ago. I still remember that. Um, uh, no, another one when we bought a brand new tractor when I was 15 or 16. I, I can't remember, but. For us, it was big. It was a 120-horsepower tractor in 19... I think it was 1979 with air-conditioned cab. We had a number of farms, and it was like, whoa. It's like, you know, I was like the, um, uh, the, the guy in the Bible that, you know, he's got his barns and rips them down, makes bigger barns, and, like, you know, in this case, it was like, oh, we got the big tractor now. I think my dad could... I've told this story before. I think my dad could see my eyes, like, you know, bigger than Ben-Hur, well, ogling at that, you know, tractor-gazing. And my dad said to me, you know, Brad, there will come a time, because my dad used to keep machinery for a long time, he said, this tractor will be so old... It'll be worth virtually nothing. Like, don't don't put your hopes in these sorts of material things. And that's another thing I never forgot. But at that stage, it was like you know the, the neighbours are getting bigger sheds and bigger machinery, and now, whoa, well, we've got the big tractor now. It's even bigger than these. <laughs> but I praise God for my dad putting it into perspective. Uh, one of his sayings. Uh, that he not only said to me, but he'd, he'd say it to other other 
people about raising kids, the most important thing to learn is to learn to work. And uh, if he had a young high schooler that he no, no, just left high school, uh, come onto the farm to work, he would train them up well to learn to, to work. Uh, it was better, he reckoned it was better to get them as they come out of high school and he could train them uh, rather than you, know, you get them when you know, they've been working a few years and then you've got to sort of try and remould them. And you know. We had this one guy, I was only, I was only a very young kid, uh, a guy called Brian, went to Glenelg Grove School, finished high school about 15. He came to work on our farm full, full time. I think uh, oh, he, he, he was keen, he used to ride three miles on his push bike. Eventually, Dad bought him a caravan and put it in the old um, garage and said, you know, you can stay here for free if you want to, you know. And he did for four years. Anyway, then he, uh, this guy decided to get married and he was going to move on. He broke the news to Dad, look, I'm taking a job up at the sawmill. And Dad said to him, look, Brian, just remember this. You know, you're a good worker, hard worker, but do what the boss says. If you honour your boss, do what he says, you'll do well. And some years later, I, I remember that, and some years later my dad was saying, you know, Brian, he's now the head man at the sawmill. didn't take him a lot of years. He's still young, but at the Laidley sawmill. So I, I thank God for the wisdom that my dad has sown into me. He's still going well uh, right now. He's probably at the Cloundrum Markets playing his busking playing the piano accordion. Last week he got 150 bucks. He absolutely loves it and uh, loves having a yarn. He's a good guy. Now, I do, I have said this through rose-coloured glasses, like he's not perfect, he is, a, he is a human, but if I can do as well as him in those things, I think I'd be doing good. Now, final, uh, final thing... Um, Oh, how are we going for time? Oh, I've got, to, I've got to tell you this story. My dad took us sailing. We had, had a mate, um, dad had a mate, Clive Hall from Forest Hill, said, oh, you should go sailing. I'll loan you my sailing boat. So we took it to Cloundra, went to Golden Beach, unloaded it, got it in the water, mast up and everything, uh, jumped in. It was only barely waist deep, and over it went. And... Uh, my mum and sisters are on the beach and feeling a bit, I'm not sure, actually I'm not sure what they're feeling, except there was another family not far away and they, every time we capsized, which was often and frequently, before we even got anywhere, the, the mum there, their mum, was laughing her head off and, and my, my mum was not happy about that. But eventually, this other family, the mum who was, she was side-split, laughing, her husband, who knew about sailing, he come over and graciously offered, I don't know how he, he mustered it very nicely, he said, oh, you know, if you want a hand, and my dad, uh, fortunately, swallowed his pride and said, oh, yeah, okay, and the next few minutes, a few tips and pointers, and we were off, and we were going with the wind and against the, the wind sort of tacking type thing, uh, just off Golden Beach, and we were getting better, and then, you know, um, Thought, oh, let's go to Bribie Island. So we, we went, which is not that far away when you're at Golden Beach, but we went to Bribie Island. And then we pulled up the boat and, 
and uh, thought, oh, let's go for a walk. So we walked on the eastern side of Bribe Island and for, for kilometres. And every now and, again, we, now and again, we'd find one of those old World War II relics where they used to have either lookout or the armaments to shoot at the whoever it was, the Japanese, if they come by. Uh, we found an underground bunker, an underground room, and walked down into it. Oh, we had a great time. I was only 13. But it was one of the best memories of my life. And one of the things I was reflecting on this morning was, you know, my dad could have been so embarrassed about the whole capsizing and not swallowed his pride, but he went along with it, got some help, and the best day ever for me. Now, some other things, just two short ones. What other men have modelled into my life? Um, I don't know if uh, some of you might know Owen Yates. Well, when I was a, a new Christian back around 1985, I'd been going to the Uniting Church and Owen sort of took me under his wing and him and then he got married to uh, Kay and, and they'd asked me over for meals and stuff. But one day, I can still remember it, I was walking over near Coles in the car park and Owen does a beeline for me, comes up, shakes my hand, hey Brad, which is not unusual for Owen would, would do that if he barely knew you, he'd do that. And he said, you know, Brad, he said, I've noticed when I shake your hand, he said, you know, you have a bit of a weak sort of fishy handshake. <laughs> and he said, you know, it just, you know, it's, it's good. You know, it shows that, you know, your self-esteem, it, you know, give a firm handshake. You know, that's the implication was, you know, that's what us guys do, a firm handshake. So ever since that moment, since about 1985, I don't give the hardest handshake in the world, but I'm not doing the fish... I've never done a fishy one since. <laughs> now, for a, for a young fella, I, I could have sort of thought, no, oh, who do you think you are? And he could have thought, that might be my response. I thought, no, I won't do that. I can't do that. But it changed the rest of my life. No, I'd only recently um, met him. No, no relation. He's not my dad. But he sowed something into me that was incredible. And uh, another guy, some, some of you may know him, Peter Elphingstone from over at Forest Hill. Um, anyway, he's, his son's got a real estate business at um, Hatton Vale. But Peter was in Toastmasters, he was in the local Christian businessman's um, thing that was in, in Gatton, uh, very strong Christian, and we had a lot to do with each other. And one day he just said, Brad, I've got a book for you. It's by Ed Cole, it's called Maximised Manhood. It's one of the, the best books for men I've ever, ever read. It, it's dated now, it's like 1985 or something. But just that he thought about me. It wasn't even from my church, but we were, we were sort of close through Toastmasters Club and Christian things. And he said, look, Brad, I want you to read it and then give it away to another guy. And uh, again, something you know, for someone who, who wasn't my dad, but you know, just a good role model, the principles from that book, most of them, uh, I still remember, I still try and put into practice. It was just, it was like one of those God moments, likewise with Owen and the handshaking. So that's, I just want to encourage you as 
men as role models. When I was chaplain, sometimes I'd see the kids of families who didn't have strong male role models or there was an absence of the male role models. And for those mums, it was hard. For the kids, it was hard. But for, for men here... Oh, oh, there's a verse in the Bible that says from uh, 1, 1 John, I write to you who are, who are fathers because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. Uh, some translations, the New Living says, I write, I've written to you who are mature in the faith. No, if you're mature in the faith, if you're a man who is mature in the faith, you are a father in God's eyes. So think of it like that. And as younger people around, you can sow into them. Let's pray. Father God, just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I, just, I thank you that you are our heavenly Father and yet you love us. And we who are the you know, earthly fathers as off-kilter and selfish and imperfect as we are, we want to do good things for our kids. How much more you, our heavenly Father who is perfect, wants to do good things for us. Help us as, as men to, to connect in with you, to draw from you, to gain wisdom from your word, insights from your word, that we can be better men, better role models. And Lord, for when, when we mess things up, Lord, may we grasp tightly to your grace and forgiveness that we can, we can start afresh again. In Jesus' name, amen.